0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Do youth and teens want to talk about weed with adults?
1: Um, And I just don't want a lot of young kids to get to it with no information about it.
2: I will probably use cannabis and marijuana interchangeably, but we know that it is more factually correct to call it cannabis. But if it's, you know, that is one great point of conversation to say to your kids, like, what have you heard? What do you call it?
3: Don't do it. Stop doing it. I'm going to start taking it away if you do it. Then after she calmed down and came to it, she was like, just don't let it ruin anything you have going on.
2: What are your goals? What does success look like for you? By the way, not for me, Mm -hmm. right? What does success look like for you and what choices that you make or can you make that can put you closer to or further from that.
0: I'm Elaine Cha. Recreational cannabis has been legal in Illinois for a few years now, but Missouri voters, last November, approved its recreational use and it became legal on December 8th. So today, how to talk with young folks about legal cannabis.
1: I want to hear more conversations about just uh, facts about marijuana and what it can do to your brain um, at an early age if you use too much of it and things like that.
0: Miners have more access to cannabis products on both sides of the Mississippi River. In 2019, Before both Illinois and Missouri legalized recreational cannabis use, the Center for Disease Control's Youth Risk Behavior Survey found that about a third of Missouri high schoolers surveyed had tried marijuana at least once. In Illinois, it was a few percentage points higher. A little over 16% of those Missouri high schoolers also admitted to using marijuana at the time of the study. If that was then, what's the situation now? How can adults speak with, not just to, or at, minors of all ages about cannabis? Joining me in studio to talk about that is Nicole Dossi, Executive Director of the nonprofit agency PreventEd. Nicole, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me. Grateful to be here.
0: What is PreventEd?
2: PreventED has been around since 1965. We used to be known as the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, but we're the same organization. Mission remains the same, uh, but we changed our name in 2020. And our mission is to reduce or actually prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use. And we do that in three ways, education, early intervention, and advocacy. And we serve the eastern region of Missouri. And when you
0: say early intervention, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what does that mean?
2: Well, so our prevention programs begin in kindergarten. And um, that's something that I think often takes people by surprise because they're like, why are you talking to kids about, you know, kindergartners about drugs. And of course, that's not exactly what we're doing. We can get into that. Um, But really, when we say early intervention, what that means is for perhaps young people who have started to experience some challenges or difficulties with substances are getting in trouble at home and at school, and we can help navigate them um, onto maybe a healthier path for them. You've talked
0: about the name change um, from NCADA, National Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse, to PreventEd. And on the PreventEd website, currently, there's a message featured there, join us in spreading solutions, not stigma. Does that messaging reflect what motivated the organization's name change?
2: A-, a thousand percent, actually. Um, so the words alcoholism and drug abuse have really fallen out of favor in the last couple of years, um, and just like in other fields, um, like domestic violence and around um, the the completion of suicide as opposed to committing suicide, there's a lot of movement to create more person-first language, and that's it's always been a huge part of what we at Prevented do is talking about you know how. How can we address these issues and have conversations that aren't stigmatizing, that don't put people in certain boxes, that don't make people feel attacked? And prevention and education are two of the hallmarks of how we do that, so we decided to really lean into the name. But it is important that prevention and education can occur even with adults. So while we serve about 65,000 kids a year, uh, we also uh, work with a lot of adults doing exactly what we're going to do today, which is, how do you talk to your kids or the kids in your life about these things? Mm
0: -hmm. Now, medical marijuana passed by ballot initiative. In other words, voters approved it into Missouri law uh, in 2018. And then this past November, as we'd mentioned at the top, recreational use, growth and manufacturing of cannabis products became legal, again, by voter approval. And at the start of the year, you wrote a commentary published in the Missouri Independent. As you wrote that commentary, did you incorporate elements that address what you've seen happen around the way folks across the age spectrum regard marijuana now?
2: yeah i think so and so the day after amendment three passed my phone personally and our agency phone was blowing up because people were wondering okay now what how do we talk to our kids and you know i just i think it's worth mentioning that whether you have children of your own um nieces nephews grandkids neighbors i mean there are a lot of kids in your life whether or not you have children on your own or, or whether you're you know child free um, and so the day after Amendment 3 passed, our phones were blowing up. How do I talk about this? My kid now thinks it's 420 all the time and thinks it's okay for them to to smoke. And it's like, okay, let's talk about this. You know, there are some adults who were really happy that this passed, right? Because maybe they think that it should be reflective of new drug policy or they themselves use. Um, And then there were other families where it was an entirely different conversation. And many of them honestly thought and still, think that the sky is falling. So how do we really uh, lean into what our kids are thinking and hearing and believing, what they're absorbing in popular culture, what they already know because maybe they've learned it in health class or maybe they're you know on social media and they're learning factual information. And so that column was really designed to say, it's okay. Let's take a deep breath the sky's not indeed falling, how do we talk to our kids beginning in kindergarten about substances that are available, including cannabis, right? And I should say that I'm using, I will probably use cannabis and marijuana interchangeably, but we know that it is more factually correct to call it cannabis. But if it's, you know, that is one great point of conversation to say to your kids, like, what have you heard? What do you call it? You know, what, what, is any sort of like, you know, um, slang that you're hearing, and then start from there, right?
0: So it's very much young person first, plus precision. Absolutely. In language.
2: Absolutely. Because they will fact check you. Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: I've I been on the receiving end of that too many times. <laughs> now, First year university student, Justin Boyle, who's a St. Louisan, going to school in California, mm, which passed okay. re- uh-huh. recreational use earlier than we did talked with producer Maya Norfleet about his thoughts as a young person who is still a minor, just a couple years from being cannabis legal, on how adults should talk with youth about marijuana.
1: I want to hear more conversations about just uh, facts about marijuana and what it can do to your brain um, at an early age if you use too much of it and things like that. Because now that like over time, the culture is going to get more relaxed around marijuana. Um, And I just don't want a lot of young kids to get to it with no information about it. Because we live in an era where we have information at our fingertips, but you just have to want to get that information. And I feel like we should kind of create a society that's more proactive to where we just teach kids this information first. Like maybe in elementary school, you can teach about the negative effects of it. Just everything that you would need to know before you start becoming a functioning member of that society. I definitely think, like, integrating it into classes and maybe having, like, maybe put it, like I said, put it in the health um, aspect of, like, elementary school or, like, PE or something like that to where it can tie in seamlessly, but you're still having this authentic conversation with uh, young kids to where they're not just, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Let me try it or or they see it in this super negative way. Um, I think you should just treat it neutrally.
0: That was St. Louis and Justin Boyle, a university freshman in California, sharing how he thinks adults should take up the subject of marijuana use with youth. You were nodding your head, Nicole, throughout, and we started the program with a a music bed um, the next episode, which was a a sample of (laughs) David McCollum. And the (laughs) encouragement certainly is not to to smoke weed every day, um, but... I had mentioned before we started that I heard um, my son; uh, he's almost seven. He was. Oh, you two. He was, I
2: have a seven-year-old stepdaughter. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> so
0: he was in the car with my husband um, the other day, and he said, "Daddy, it smells like L.A." Mm. So you have already said that kindergarten, you know, is is not too young to start. Uh, talking about cannabis, and um, what are some of the lessons that have come from other states about ways adults can broach the topic of cannabis use, especially when it's everyday settings like driving around in the car.
2: So first of all, does Justin want a job? Because he's amazing. Okay. Uh, And Justin is spot on, right? If we can incorporate these sorts of talking points into health classes, into school, um, beginning, actually, the research says around fifth grade, in really age appropriate ways. Um, So our seven year olds, uh, it's amazing that the lines of communication are open, and they're asking the questions. In school, around fifth grade, like I said, is really when we when we start and that's about 13 uh, Um, about 10 10 10 yeah about 10 11 yeah and so um, but we know that we can teach this in school right through the health classes but then when they go home they're going if they're going to neighborhoods or families that are not maybe providing the same information we're providing counter information or I would argue, worse yet, no information, then that can sort of undo what we just taught in school. So, with your seven year old, the fact that he says, oh, This smells like LA, like, what does that smell like? Where do you think that smell is coming from? My um, seven year old this weekend, we were watching food uh, cooking shows. I love cooking shows. And they were talking about all of these different options you know, that are are healthy. And one of them was CBD and THC infused. And my seven year old goes, oh, that, that looks really good. And I said, well, I said, you know, your brain is not ready for that yet. And she says, well, how old do I have to be? And I said, well, we know that your brain is finished growing around mid-20s. I said, so how many years do you have left? And then we turned it into a math, math lesson, lesson right? <laughs> now, if, if you're shaking your head at home, I mean, what I, what I really want people to know is that the conversations around cannabis are very similar to the conversations that we hope that people are having in their homes around alcohol or around tobacco, right? The fact that, you know, science knows that our brains still aren't growing or aren't finished growing until our mid-20s. How does that impact uh, learning and development? Justin said he wants to know facts. Well, there's some things we know, and there's a lot we don't know. And being upfront with kids about what we know and what the science still is yet to, to know about, that's huge. Because As as long as you don't lie, (laughs) they don't they don't like that. No one likes to be lied to. Right. So if you're just open and honest and utilizing those teaching moments, whether it's on TV, music, music's a great one, Uh, vaping. We have a lot of kids who they go in the car and they see these huge puffs of smoke. And then when they come into class, they're like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Right. Imagine if they could actually utilize that moment in the car with their adult and talk through what that is.
0: We're speaking with uh, Nicole Dossie, who is the executive director of Prevent Ed, about ways that we can broach the topic of cannabis use with youth. The 1936 film *Reefer oh, Madness*. Yeah. Oh
2: yes, <laughs> was made to talk
0: about culture, right? Sure. It was made in 1936 again, and its fixation on moral hazard rather than scientific fact has made and kept it relevant, if not over the top, right? Even among folks who strongly oppose cannabis uh, use of any sort at any age, and kind of recognize that. Uh, and you've already talked about the, the range of folks who are reaching out to get some guidance and support mm-hmm. after the passage of recreational uh, marijuana use. Part of that has to do with factors like race, religion, and economic status, which play into people's attitudes toward any substance, be it alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, why is keeping such factors in mind important for adults as they approach discussions with youth?
2: You started the conversation with me today talking about reducing stigma. And any choice around substances, there's no there's no value there's no moral judgment that that should be put on that. No one is a bad person or is going to die or go to hell or fill in the blank because they're smoking weed or drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes. And it's about darn time that we remove that because there is so much I mean we can call it stigma, but it's it's prejudice, right? is what it is. And it absolutely affects certain groups and certain populations Um, the way that i talk about cannabis in a high school classroom in st louis city is going to be very different than how i talk about it perhaps at a, a rural community in lincoln county not that the substance doesn't impact their brains and bodies the same but we have to be really honest with ourselves about what society um, says about the substance in those, uh, what uh, enforcement looks like in those communities, um, and what sort of home expectations are. Um, and and we have to really just confront it because it, it doesn't make sense for us to ignore it any longer. Mm-hmm. That's not doing anyone any favors.
0: For those who are non-parent figures, yep. are there facets that they – such as teachers or coaches, for example, that they should be mindful of in talking with youth about cannabis?
2: Yes. So we know that the overwhelming majority of middle and high school students report that the adults in their lives, their concerns, their expectations, their opinions influence the extent to which they're going to use substances, cannabis included, right? And so let's go back to expectations. You're not saying... You're going to hate them forever if they do these things, but you are saying, this is my expectation that you will not, or that you will report it to me, or you will be open with me, or whatever is the expectation. My hope is that it would not be doing it before 21, right? Because that's in line with with what we passed. But what happens if you violate that expectation? Those conversations can really begin in middle school, mm-hmm. saying, what do you think an appropriate consequence would be and thinking about that together. And that's, again, for a Girl Scout leader, a coach, aunt or an uncle, um, having those open conversations and involving the kids and the young people in them as well. Mm -hmm. So acknowledging their agency. Absolutely. Yes, they have tremendous power, tremendous power.
0: Another young person we heard from is Malik Jefferson, a nineteen year old freshman at Southern Illinois University at Wordsville. He spoke candidly mm-hmm. about the conversations he had as a mid teen mm. with his mother about smoking marijuana
3: um so my experience with like um talking to my mom about about like my use of it as a young teenager it was like. It was a little difficult because, you know, you have so much, like, ahead of you and the ex- expectations of you are so high with being in, like, high school, especially I was only a sophomore at the time, I believe. So, like, I'm right at the peak of, like, getting my high school stuff together, going to college. That was, like, the main focus of it was, like, oh, don't mess your life up because of it. Like, that's, like, I think that's the first thing that comes to people's mind. So, the first time she, when she found out that I was using it, um, she, I was cleaning my room. So, like, I was, like, my guard was down and she walked in and I think she saw the um, one of the wraps that I used. And then that's why she was like, but she knew I wasn't smoking like just a rap. So that was like her way of, that's how she found out. And then her first response was just, it was anger at first because like, of course, and then it was um after she calmed down, her first reaction was like, don't do it, stop doing it. I'm gonna start taking stuff away if you do it. Then after she calmed down and came to it, she was like, just don't let it ruin anything you have going on. As a young person, I feel like the, from like the older person's perspective, they're like, things should be when they're coming into that conversation of having the conversation with a younger person about cannabis use or abuse. Their first thought should be, like, to get them to understand, not to just be like, hey, don't do that. Because if you tell someone, like, don't do that, it's like nine times out of ten, it's gonna like, they're going to want to do it more. So I feel like as an older person, you should come into the conversation like, hey, these are my concerns with it. But at the end of the day, I just feel like it should come from a point of understanding, not control.
0: That was 19-year-old SIUE freshman Malik Jefferson describing his experiences talking marijuana as a mid-teen with his mother, and his views on how youth and adults can approach discussion of cannabis. Nicole, what do you think about Malik's framing of understanding, not control?
2: Yes. <laughs> and I think if we could, and, and again, I, by the way, I am not a perfect you know, step-parent, my conversations do not always go well. They are very awkward sometimes, right? But if we could rewind a little bit, it would have been amazing if Malik's mom could have been planting some seeds about this earlier so that when she found out that he was using, she didn't completely freak out, Mm -hmm. right? Which is a natural reaction. It's also a natural reaction to say, hey, what's going on? Why are you using it? Are all your friends using it? Is this how you're coping with stress? Um, do you? Are you bored? Are you just curious, right? Just engaging in that conversation about the, the why without being like, why are you doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can have those conversations early and say like, I'm here. And again, this is my expectation of you. It, what's really cool is that Malik's mom came back and said, okay, I know I didn't handle that the best, but please just don't let it mess anything up. And that's really where middle and high school conversations can start. What, is your, what are your goals? What does success look like for you? By the way, not for me, mm-hmm. right? What does success look like for you and what choices that you make or can you make that can put you closer to or further from that. These are all talking tips that if somebody is wanting some little, um, some more age specific, especially if they found out that their young person is using, if they go to talkaboutitmo.com, again, that's talkaboutitmo.com. There are seven talking kits that begin in pre-K and go all the way up to college and include if you suspect or find out that your teen is using. Sounds
0: like something to bookmark. Yeah. (laughs) In your experience then, do youth and teens want to talk about weed with adults? And if so, which adults?
2: Yes, they want to talk about it. Uh, They absolutely want to talk about it because, yes, there are times in a young person's life where peers are the most important, right? And we also know that adults, who they value as mentors, who they value as people who – not perfect but people that genuinely care about them who want what's best for them Um, those are the people that they're seeking out if we can utilize peers right like maybe juniors and seniors to talk to freshmen and sophomores that is Mm -hmm. chef's kiss okay but then if we can have some adults who generally like just just care like kids and adults you know who cares right and you know who's coming from a place of this is what i'm i'm hoping for you um they they want to talk and they are open want to just last thing just make sure that we're planting like seeds of frequent small conversations so you're not sitting down and saying okay it's time to have the talk Mm -hmm. by that point it's too late like we need to be planting little tiny seeds along the way
0: Nicole Dossi is executive director of Prevent Ed, formerly known as NCADA, the National Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse. Prevent Ed is a local nonprofit agency dedicated to reducing or preventing the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Nicole, thank you for bringing us such useful information. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr.
2: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer.
0: St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.